Hi, it's Brian, and welcome back to Heart to Heart. This week's episode features casting director Tracy Kilpatrick. Tracy has carved a niche for herself as one of the most sought-after casting directors in the Southeast. But prior to making her mark in the world of casting, she forged her own path, from backpacking through Australia and running youth hostels to exploring the artistic world of painting. And it is her vibrant life experiences, coupled with her knack for drawing out the innate charisma in people, that has uniquely positioned her to become an impactful casting director. Before you listen, you've got to grab our backstage pass. It is packed with Tracy's top tips, insider advice, and additional resources that will give you a competitive edge. You can grab the backstage pass by going to podcastbackstagepass.com. You're one of the top casting directors in the Southeast. And, you know, we know you were born in Chapel Hill, where you are now, but we kind of just wanted to hear about how your journey got started in this crazy business. Well, uh, it, it got started, oddly enough, in Wilmington, North Carolina. I had been living in Los Angeles and had decided that I wanted to come home and paint. That was after living in Australia for a while. And I've, ha- I've had a few iterations of life. Oh, hold on, Tracy. You you got so you said you had been living in Los Angeles. Then you mentioned Australia. And by the way, Australia, you you worked at youth hostels, bro. You ran a youth hostel, right? I ran two youth hostels in Australia. Now, now I wanted to tell you that in my experience in life, I have never felt that sense of camaraderie, where you know all these people are coming and going from all walks of life in a in a hostel, and because of the environment, everybody gets so friendly so fast. Would you say that's true? Oh, it was the most. Ex- amazing experience. I can, I just can't even tell you because when I, when I started out, I was backpacking by myself and then a friend went with me and he and I didn't actually see eye to eye on things. So I was a little bit resistant to the whole hostel thing. Once I fell into the, the, this one particular hostel in Sydney in King's Cross, which had formerly been a brothel, which is, that's another great story. We just came together and there were three girl, three of us and we ran the hostel and it, it was really run down. It was pretty bleak and we started booking it out and we had to get extra mattresses because people were coming and staying and staying so long. And we just had a blast and people literally came from all over the world, all ages. I was older than everybody else there pretty much. Like we had this guy from New Guinea who was in his 40s and and he was so shy he expected it to be really awkward and everybody embraced him and invited him to have dinner with them and and he cried when he left and I mean things like that that just you just never forget it just was amazing and I think it was a really good lesson for me before I knew where my journey was actually going to go because I was exposed to so many different people and so many different kinds of people and and it was you know it was real it was there was nothing false about it and so and everybody was open to new experiences and doing different things and we were all dragging each other all over the place to diff- to do different things and i just think that always makes everybody a better human being you know J- tracy in that environment nobody's judging anybody for what they do they don't even know what they do for a living i'm just going to ask you since then and then i want to come back to los angeles since then uh, have you experienced anything that had the ilk of that feeling or no? Oh, yeah. I mean, in, in a different way, absolutely in a different way, because I've stayed uh, friends with a lot of those people from that we met in that first hostel. And then I went from that one to a, one up on a on Magnetic Island. And I didn't really, I have a few friends that I have made up there that I've stayed friends with, but 
It was just a completely different feeling. But I love the whole community of it all. And that's really what, where I am in my life is that community is so important and building a community for actors and with actors is really important to me. And because I feel like I belong with them and they belong with me. And it's just, I think building community in every way possible is, is the best thing that we, any of us can do. It sounds like uh, the, the, the art store that you have trip trip art store. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Trip store is that's a place for community. And yeah. And- Cause it was, it was once like a, before it was an art, before it was a, an art gallery, wasn't it like a general store or something? Well, it was a old gas station when I was a little, when I was a little girl. Wow! And it was my grandfather. You know, didn't really let me go in there because it was all these old men sitting around a wood stove smoking, and it was really dark and smoky and all that. And so to go in there was really exciting, but I could only stay for a couple of minutes. And then when I saw it was available. I just thought, well, this would be fun. And then I decided to make it, take it back to its original name of Trip Store. And every, and it's a, it brings people, people want to know why it's called Trip Store. And then it just starts a conversation. And it's a, it's a really great way to open the door with, with new people that come in. But we never walk through the door and it's the greatest thing in the world. The, this week we had this, this beautiful man. Um, Tim, who was 77, who is a photographer, and it was his destination for the day. And he was so charming and so talented. And I just, we just fell in love with him. And it was just a wonderful experience. So, you know, that's, that's what all of this is all about is storytelling. Everything's about storytelling. Everything in a life is a story. And like I say, at the end of the day, meaning when it's over, you hope yours is interesting. And that's what I'm working for. Is that, that I have an interesting story. So, so when you say there's there's some parallels between the hostel and trip trip gallery as far as like the sense of community, right? Absolutely. But I mean that's that's really what I'm I'm all about these days is building community in every way. Like we have writers groups now that are doing classes there, and that helps writers obviously support one another and build a community within the community. And so it's it's all of those things. How did you get to Los Angeles? Um, I have had a really great friend who lived there. And so I went out and lived out there with him several different times and never really found what I was going to do out there because I had a design degree and I was like, I didn't really want to do that anymore. Then I went to Australia and then I came back and stayed in LA. And then I thought, I want to paint because I'd never really done that. And I knew I couldn't afford to live in, L- in LA and, and paint and that kind of thing. So that's when I moved back to the South and moved to Wilmington. And when I got to Wilmington, I met all these people that were working on a film and they kept coming and hanging around at my house and they kept going, well, you need to do this or you need to do that. And I was like, no, that's okay. I'm good. And then they just kept, they were just the most amazing people. And I would go and help them do different things. Somehow I ended up working on that show and it's sort of been up and downhill ever since. Well, this is uh, interesting, uh, Tracy, because this is the third story within 48 hours that I've heard where I was, I was looking at your story before we met today and where, where because you, you were in an environment of having like roommates who were doing things like in casting and someone else said their roommate was in the production business and she was like in finance and that's how she went into TV production. 
uh, it sounds like, you know, one of your influences was your roommate and then you somehow got into casting that way. Well, she, uh, she was a PA and, uh, I mean, she was doing cast, she was a casting assistant and a PA. We had just met all like the, the casting director from New York and we met the costume designer and all those people. And they just started hanging, coming over to my house for dinner every, pretty much every night. And we'd hang out and that kind of thing. And, and they just kept saying, you know, you really need to be in this business. And they were trying to determine which department I should be in, whether I should be in set deck or props or costumes. And then it turned out that casting actually needed someone because my friend had moved from the casting department into being a PA, which is the track that she wanted to be on. So I just said, okay, sure, I'll help because the location casting person is the most incredible human being in the world. And so we just, along along the road, we went and uh, it was a great show and it was a real learning experience. But it's, a, you know, again, it's people and I like people. And, and so my first job was actually hustling people off the streets because we were looking for so many people, primarily older men. And so uh, I would have to go places where I could talk older men to come in and sign up to be in the movie and that kind of thing. And it just sort of went from there. It's unbelievable, Tracy. You know, casting, which is about people, right? You know, you're hearing all these stories about how you got into it. The woman who used to be the hostess at a restaurant I worked at as an actor, she was a hostess. She took her very first acting class because she didn't know what she wanted to do. And she was she was older at that time. She, I think she was like in her 30s. Long story short, from that one acting class that she took, just because she was kind of curious, and she was very good, you know, she was a hostess, she was good with people. She today is one of the most prominent casting directors out there, just like you're talking about too. And I know her well, and I love her dearly. I can't believe it. So you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. We've told that story before. She's just amazing. Wow. Yeah. So you know what I mean? It's like, it's such a small world. That, that, but there's a through line that the fascination of people draws you into a job that has to do with the makeup of, of the psychology or, or the persona of people. Yeah. And it's really, you know, just about, again, bringing those people to the story and telling those stories with truth and empathy and understanding and respect. And so that's kind of been the through line all along and what we're always looking for. Hey, it's Brian. I'm dropping in on an important announcement. What you need to know is you have more control over your career than you think. The thing standing between you and the career you want is your connections. And that's where one-on-one -on -one next level comes in. If you are not a member yet, you can apply to join at oneononenextlevel.com. Press pause and do that now. If you are already a member and you are ready to get back on track, we want to invite you to book a strategy session with us led by myself personally. We will help you prioritize which classes make the most sense given your career goals. You can find these under the resource hub in your account portal. We can't wait to hear your success story. So I want to ask you this question. I, I read this article in the Times a long time ago about Bonnie Timmerman. And she said, she was at a party, she looked across the room and saw this woman. The woman had no acting training and she went up to the woman and she said, you've got something and if you wanna pursue being an actress, you should because you have something. Now, do you believe in that or you know, she said, you can just tell right away? I do believe that there are certain people and I have certainly talked people into doing that. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, I definitely have talked to people about that. And what about them made you say, what about the made you want to talk to them about doing that? This one particular woman that I'm thinking about, uh, her husband was an actor and she was friends. I was at a dinner party. She was just so real and so authentic and so unpretentious and so unafraid of that, that if you can bring that to any kind of story, then you have so much more than people who are trying too hard or people that you can see act. If you if those people can stay true to themselves, then all they're going to bring is more truth. You know, it's interesting that you just said that. You hear that all the time, right? In acting classes, be true to yourself. But what you're saying is when someone's being true to themselves, you can spot them like a mile away and it really sticks out. Well, it does. I mean, it's, it's that thing where I've been told that I'm a human BS detector or... <laughs> And it's true. And I think it's always been that way a little bit, but especially after all these years of, of seeing actors and watching actors and living around actors and that kind of thing that you can tell when somebody's faking it. I tell actors all the time, if you're not feeling it, I'm not feeling because it's not there. And so there is that truth that we're always looking for. Do you find that in your experience, some of the actors, maybe at first you thought they didn't have that, like throughout the years, you've seen them grow to be able to have that quality? Well, it's not even a quality. They have to find it and they have to be willing to share that and they have to be willing to take down the walls to be vulnerable. That's the thing that I think takes people a long time to understand that it's not about other, it's about altogether and it's all about you know, it's got to come from inside and that kind of thing. And so I think a lot of times people do get a lot better because they're willing to take down those walls and stop protecting themselves. Uh, you know, I tell actors all the time, you have to be fearless. And if you can't be fearless, then you're going to always be judging yourself and you're going to be sitting on your own sh over your shoulder watching everything. And you can't be present. You can't be here and now doing that kind of thing. So Tracy, because you're such a uh, energy people person, and obviously this whole thing started by us talking about how we hate the technology part of the world. Obviously with COVID, you've, not you've noticed probably a huge change for your profession because uh, everything's done from watching now from the computer as opposed to being in the casting rooms. If you're looking into a crystal ball, how is that world going to change? Will in-person ever come back? the way it was, or, or will it now be mostly watching it on a screen? You know, you, you watching the, the self tapes. All of us in some ways would really love to be back in the room. And at the same time, I started putting people on tape probably about 10 years ago, simply because in the Southeast, there's so much travel involved and so much expense involved in traveling, you know, four hours one way and four hours back. And and it's wear and tear on a vehicle and it's gas money and it's wear and tear on the on the environment. And so it just made more sense to, especially for first auditions, to do them via tape. You can give people notes if you need to. You can always do the same thing. The difference is, is that you're not actually there talking to them. But I'm really getting really good at this Zoom thing. And I love it because it puts me in places with people from all over the world that I wouldn't otherwise have the opportunity. Again, it's like sitting at Trip's store. When the door opens, I don't know who's going to be there. When I get on Zoom, I don't know who I'm going to be spending time with. And you can really get to know people. So I think it's a it's an incredible 
technology that we have, and I really enjoy it now. When you see an actor through a, a self-tape or whatever, are there, are there any words of wisdom as far as that things about uh, what you're looking at that, that you like versus, you know, like, let's just say, I don't like the background of a black color or a, or a dark color. You know, I used to be one of, I used to really be very specific about that, but I've learned that if I'm not so restrictive, that people make choices and hopefully they make good choices. And I want to know what kind of choices people are going to make because that helps me understand who they are, what they're about. One of the reasons I'm as general as I am. I mean, obviously we want decent sound and we want to be able to see them and, and that kind of thing. But other than that, I really don't give a whole lot of instructions other than that kind of thing, because I think it's an actor's choice and, and that's not for me to tell them how to do things. It's so interesting that you mentioned the Southeast is so vast because wouldn't you say like in the last like five to 10 years, you know, Atlanta and spe specifically has just like blown up. But you, it seems like are one of the few that you like you've, you kind of, you cover the entire area. Cause I know you've done projects in like Louisiana North Carolina and Atlanta. Like how did you basically like, like how are you able to expand your, your net so much? Well, I mean, I've been doing it for a long time. And I mean, I'm, you know, I have been doing it for a long time and I know a lot of actors and a lot of actors have been on this same ride for the entire time that I've been here and I love it. And then, you know, I, every now and then I find out that one of, uh, one of them has died or something and it's devastating because they were there for the first movie I ever did or the second movie or something like that. It's just resources. And, you know, I've been, I've traveled around and done searches all over done shows in Connecticut. I've done shows in Oklahoma and Utah, Texas and South America and all over. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just a matter of finding the truth for whatever that story is and trying to be authentic to it, wherever it is. It's, it seems to me, Tracy, what you're saying is, or the kind of person you are is a lot of jobs came to you. You didn't go after the job. Yes, pretty much. Pretty much, I've been very fortunate where that's concerned. And I mean, I've been, oh, I've been so lucky to be involved in so many amazing stories. But also, I get dropped into a new world, into a new subculture, into a, a new culture. And I love the, you know, back in the day, we literally went on location and stayed on location for a long time. And it was like I got to be in somebody else's world and learn about horse racing or lawnmower racing or whatever it was, whatever the story is about. And and that's our job as casting directors is to find the voice and, and the reality of those people in those places and then bring that to life. Besides the COVID, you know, thing, which we, you know, changed a lot of the casting process, but even before that, with kind of the explosion of, you know, uh, all these productions moving to the Southeast, how, how did it change your process from when you first started? We don't necessarily go on the ground like we did, and we certainly don't have the prep that we used to have. Back in the day, I can remember when we had months of prep, and now if we have a month of prep, it's pretty, that's pretty luxurious. It's just a, it's a completely different pace. But, you know, you adjust, and you just take it and do when, whatever you're asked to do and try to make it happen and do it the best way you can. And is there any kind of like difference in your process when you, you know, you're working on some of the, like the, the huge features you've done versus like TV series or you kind of approach it all the same way? It's just story and. It's according to time frame and it's according to what 
producers and directors want and that kind of thing, you know, and, and also I love meeting new people. I love seeing people that I've never seen before. I love thinking outside the box. I love seeing people that are not necessarily specified uh, just to see what they're going to do and see if it changes the story or, or brings more to the story. I love writing, and this is another way of writing, though, is to do it with actors. Wow. I've never, I don't think you've ever heard that before. We've heard like people saying this, equate it to like going to an ice cream shop and choosing the different flavors, but I really no, love no, that. No, like, no, no, no. It's the voices that you hear, and it's like writing the story through the people, and it's just wonderful. So when you talk about it, it's like writing, I understand you paint too, right? I do. And those are stories too. All right, so I want to get into that, but I, I want to hear. But the the thing I want to ask you about painting is the one thing I learned from someone I dated a long time ago that was a painter. She said, and I want to see if you agree with this. She said, a little red goes a long way. Is that true? Not for me. Okay. Not, not for me at all. More is more. I love more is more. And the more color you bring, the happier it makes me. I, I'm, I keep thinking that I need to get involved in some brain research just so that they can see my my brain firing when I'm exposed to color. I love it so much. Nobody does special programs like one-on-one -on -one next level. It's where we really help actors shine. I'm Emilio. I signed with my Southeast agent right after the Atlanta trip and now I'm auditioning several times every month. And you know, I almost didn't do the Atlanta trip because I thought it was just another cash grab. I can tell you from experience that it's not. That's not how one-on-one -on -one next level rolls. And here we are six months later, and I already booked my first job with my Atlanta agent. I'm Rebecca, and the Bridge program demystified the industry for me. It gave me the platform to get off book in under 10 minutes. I met 60 new artists that are now all a part of my community, and I even signed with a manager. I have never walked away from a program so confident in my abilities. I'm so grateful for one-on-one -on -one Next Level. My name is Capenna, and I can finally call myself a working actor after participating in the LA Super Showcase. I had just moved to LA and I felt stuck. I came across the LA Super Showcase and let me tell you, it was a life-changing experience. I signed with an agent and since then, I've been auditioning for series regulars and booked my first TV job. I finally feel like I made it to the next level, thanks to one-on-one -on -one Next Level. In the next 12 months, One-on-One -on -one Next Level will host 27 special programs bringing you unmatched, exclusive access to industry connections. Special programs aren't just a one-and-done class. Instead, they're designed to accomplish in a weekend what it takes most actors months, even years to do. So whether you want to get repped in a smaller market like Atlanta, bypass casting directors and connect directly with TV showrunners and decision makers, or spend a weekend meeting a bunch of musical theater industry professionals in New York City, you have to become a member to be eligible to sign up for our special programs. To apply, go to www.1on1nextlevel.com. We can't wait to hear your success story. So is there anything with painting, like, you know, you like to see a lot of red, or if you're looking at acting, because same thing with writing, is there, I, I guess you just hit on it earlier, you know, when, when someone's not true to themselves, that can actually speak loud in the, uh, in the acting. Well, it's just, it's, it's a connection. And that's one of the reasons when I read live with people, I read with them. Mm. Because I know if they're connected to me when we're talking to each other. And you can tell whether somebody's actually talking to you instead of talking at you. And then you can feel it. And if it's there, then it's great. If it's not there, then it's quite obvious. So you can tell right away, of course. Yeah, you, you really, it's just like us talking. 
You know, if I weren't interested or you weren't interested, we'd be just kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. It's the truth, whether people want to understand that that's what they're doing. And it's people getting in their own head. But it's the same thing with painting or or I stitch. I'm doing all these stitched overalls and things now that I'm having a blast with. You know, I stitch all of my feelings into the into the fabric and and I don't know what I'm going to do. I have no plan for it. I just start doing things until it till I feel like it's done. And it's the same thing with with writing or with art or with music. And it's certainly the same thing with actors. If they are feeling it, then it's just incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And it being present and you have to be present to paint. You have to be present to stitch and that kind of thing. And I think a lot of times actors forget that they need to be present. And we have a cameo from a dog. I love it. <laughs> Hello, this is Doris Day. Wow, Doris Day. Doris. Beautiful. Yeah, that's Doris Day. Part her- beagle, she she looks like. Lo- lo- no, she's bloodhound. And oh, she's bloodhound. Probably, they, they, yes, they look a little beaglish. She's probably bloodhound and black and, I mean, and, uh, and foxhound because I don't think she's a pure purebred. But I have she and she and her twin sister that I call them the evil twins. They needed a home, and I didn't want them to be separated. So yeah, I but it's interesting them. you say the evil twins because Tracy, the eyes of a bloodhound—they're beautiful. They're so soulful. Yeah, they're unbelievable. You look at those eyes, and you just melt. Yeah, she's she's a sweetie pie, and but she's not always been a sweetie pie. When I first got, <laughs> they were a lot of trouble. They almost set the house on fire. They, what? How did that happen? They got stood up on the stove and turned the burners on. Get out. They turned the burners on. Yes. So I have to have those child locks on my burners now because of my dogs. <laughs> Get small dogs, everybody. <laughs> they broke through the windows of the living room and followed me down the highway two different times. I did not know they were doing that. Oh, my God. So they, so they need to be with people. They, we really have had to struggle, but they're doing well after a year now. They're, I've had them for a little over a year. You've always had dogs then, probably. For, for a long, long time. And hound dogs. I really like hound dogs. But all these girls, are um, they've been rescued from different places. I've got one, Josephine Baker, who it took her a year before she would let me touch her. She just lived in the house and fed, she'd eat and all that stuff, but she wouldn't let me touch her for a year. Interesting that you're saying that, Tracy. We were talking about self-confidence yesterday and how if you can provide an atmosphere of warmth and, and care, the confidence comes. So like, for instance, the dogs, the rescue dogs you were talking about are the, you know, obviously who knows what happened pre-Tracy, but after you got that dog, it took a year. But I think once someone feels that sense of warmth and taken care of, they they start to have confidence. Don't Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the same thing when I do acting classes and things. You know, everybody sort of holds back. And then when they find out that I'm not going to bite and that I'm really there to support them and to help in any way I can, then it just just completely and it becomes this, like love fest and amazing situation. It's what we all need to do. We all need to do it more. Bring kindness and be understanding and respect. And my new acronym for truth is truth respect, understanding, tenacity, and humanity. And surrounding yourself with people that can give you that too. Absolutely. And being supportive of people who haven't figured out how to do it yet. Right. 
I remember, you know, even in your classes on the Atlanta trip, just how like nurturing you were and you, but you also weren't afraid to give it to people straight. And that's another thing. Some people, uh, you know, like in our business, they, they don't want to hear it. Yeah. They don't, yeah, they don't want to tell you the truth or they don't want to hear the truth. Well, I can't be any other way. And it doesn't, it doesn't serve anyone to BS anybody, you know, and I don't ever want to hurt anybody's feelings, but at the same time, sometimes people really need to know what it is that they're doing. You know, it's interesting, Tracy, that, you know, the, the, the youth hostel, once again, at least my experience was people come together for in such a short period of time and they become close in acting as a profession. And from what I remember, it's, it's not like the office. In other words, you, you're in a show and within two weeks of rehearsal, you're like so close to your fellow castmates. Well, it, it's you create another family. It's of course I call it a dysfunctional family, but <laughs> you know we all get dropped into this new family when we start on a new production, and everybody has to figure out how where they belong in that family, and then it's it's pretty supportive most of the time, and it's it's who we belong to for a very long time and many hours of the day, and so it's really important to have that that bond that we have. So funny that you mentioned, you know, dysfunctional family. It's this is not related to like a production or something. It's more, you know, we all know the entertainment industry is a crazy industry, and you know, I've heard from other your casting colleagues. You know, it's, it can be tough dealing with producers, dealing with actors. It can be a it can be a tough profession. And you have so many other. It seems like your life is full of like your life is like very rich. Like you're full of you know other like you know the, the art gallery and you know your painting and stitching and the rescue dogs. I'm curious has. Has there ever been a point in your casting journey where you've been like, you know, this isn't for me anymore. I'd rather do something else. I have stepped away a little bit at times. And sometimes it's nice just to have a little bit of a break. No, I don't think I ever want to not do it because there's just so many incredible people. And whether it be the writers, directors, all the people that you get to to meet and so three-dimensional and it's so alive and it's just part of what I live for is these things that we do and and who we are and the stories that we tell and I love to read I read constantly and you know all kinds of books and I'm always thinking oh this would make a great movie or this would not make a great movie or those kinds of things you know um but I just like doing things I like to and that's the whole acting of it all you know the actualization of life is you have to participate. And um, I'm a big participant, I hope. When you read, do you tend to gravitate towards fiction, nonfiction? I don't gravitate. I, I mean, I usually have about five books going at a time. So it's just kind of where, I, and I keep one in the car in case, you know, if there's wasted time, then I can always read for a while or something like that. But it just really depends. I go down rabbit holes a lot. And get, you know, fixated on what music I'm going to listen to or what books I'm going to read or or I'll read a, a biography of somebody whose music that I've been listening to or one of the names of the dogs or, you know, I've had to read about Josephine Baker because I have Josephine Baker living in my house and um, that kind of thing. So who knows what I'm going to read next? Well, as I said, you know, earlier, this, you know, podcast is kind of our 30th anniversary podcast. So, you know, we have this theme of like, you know, sometimes in life you have to take risks that, you know, at first everyone might tell you you're crazy and it, it pays off because here at one on one next level, it's like, it hasn't always been easy. And I think we've certainly had to take a lot of risks and, you know, still do to, to hang in there and keep going. So I always ask every guest this, but like, 
Can you share maybe one story or two stories of a time in your life where you did have to take a risk and it felt like it was against all the odds. Everyone was telling you, you're crazy. This is not a good idea. Well, that actually happens to me pretty often. (laughs) Um, It really does because everybody's like, why are you doing this? And they're not really surprised, but they're kind of surprised. I feel like that that's been the greatest gift maybe that I don't know where it came from is that I have not been afraid to try new things and to do new things because I see everything as an open door and as an opportunity. You know, once you walk through it, if you don't like it, you can always leave. But if you don't walk through it, you're never going to find out what the hell's on the other side. So I feel like it's really important. And I tell actors this all the time. You can't, nothing's going to happen if you sit at home. Nobody's going to come knock on your door and ask you, I mean, well, there's some actors that that will happen too, but you know what I mean. Um, But for the most part, that's not going to happen. And so you have to be open to opportunities and you never know what, what's going to turn into something much bigger or much better. As long as you try though, it's, there's a possibility, but if you don't try, nothing's going to happen. So, I mean, you know, I guess probably when I put that backpack on, everybody said I was crazy because I moved from Atlanta and I was like, I'm going, I'm going. And everybody's like, no, you're not going. I was like, yeah, I'm going. And I did. And I was gone for, you know, over a year. And I was, I was in my 30, I was like 32 or something like that, 33 and older than most of the other backpackers. And I had a blast and it was just, it could not have been better. Could not have been better. So I tell everybody all the time, you've got to do these things. You know, don't be afraid of it. When you get out of your comfort zone, you're right. It, it, there's something about getting out of your comfort zone that opens a whole new world. Well, yeah, it forces you to do things. If you sit around, I mean, and believe me, I'm real good in my comfort zone. And I love my comfort zone. <laughs> and everybody knows that, that when I'm in my comfort zone, I'm good. But no, I love to try new things. I'm always about, and I love meeting new people. And I love the opportunities that just the conversations bring to you. And, and then you're like, okay, now I'm going to go down this rabbit hole and learn more about this and that kind of thing. So it's life's a gamble, but you got to take it. That's kind of how I look at things. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't done it yet, grab the backstage pass. Don't treat this podcast as mere background entertainment. The Backstage Pass offers exclusive resources and behind-the-scenes footage that empower you to make a real impact on your career.